Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Kadiwampo Diaries. Um, this episode I talked to two of my friends, we went out camping um, in the, off the Blue Ridge Parkway. Their names are Jenna and then Genevieve. We uh, just had a good time camping out and at night we made a fire and then kind of sat down and just I kind of just started recording and just talked um about really a lot of stuff but yeah I'll let you guys listen to it to find out what we talked about a couple things before that a couple days ago I posted I released an episode and if you guys went to find it and I wasn't there um I went over that in this episode, so if you're super curious, keep listening and I'll go over that in the podcast episode of why it's not there anymore. But one thing I wanted to cover before about that episode was the night before I went to Asheville, I had a flat tire and I fixed it and then the hand pump I have doesn't fill my tire up all the way, so I biked into Waynesville to top off the tire and then I went to bicycle shop called Roll Right Bicycles it's in Waynesville and the owner Zach um I asked if I could camp in his backyard and he was super nice and let me crash in his backyard and I just want to say thank you he was super generous him and his girlfriend and his dog Dexter but yeah we hung out and we unfortunately did not have enough time to record an episode he worked late and then by the time we ate uh, it was about midnight so and we were both heading out early in the morning so we were not able to record an episode but he is from Washington State and he uh, moved to North Carolina to take over a bicycle shop here so he's a really awesome guy he moved across country to open up a bike shop of his home of his own and it's an awesome bike shop a lot of cool stuff there so if you're ever in Waynesville check it out and also once again thank you Zach and another one more thing um on my Facebook, if I'll be posting my Strava rides, which is just how many miles and like feet and stuff I ride a day, that I post those on the Cadiwample Diaries Facebook, and I have an Instagram now, so that's Cadiwample Diaries Podcast. Or try looking up my name, Jake Bredesen. One of those will hopefully find you, will help you find that. And also at the end of this podcast, I'm going to post a song. Um, I think I'm going to start doing this after an episode. This is a song that I've been listening to lately, or a song that's been keeping my spirits up on the bike. I'll probably post it. Or a song that means a lot to me, I'll post it at the end of the episode. And today, uh, it's a band called Tiny Moving Parts. They released an album 
like two or three days, if not closer to the day I left on my bike trip. So I've been listening to that, and there's a song on it called Light Bulb. It's my favorite song on the album. I've been listening to it a lot this week on my ride, so I'll have that at the end of the podcast if you care to listen to it. And yeah, so I'm headed on to Virginia tomorrow. Um, leaving Asheville tomorrow morning, riding the parkway all the way up to Virginia. And so that'll probably take a week or so. So yeah, we'll see what happens after that. But for now, enjoy this uh, episode with my f- great friends Genevieve and Jenna. And as you can tell in the beginning, um, we're sitting around a fire, so we'll be picking up some fire noise and stuff. So, either like it or hate it. Make sure it picks up our voices. I'm not sure how smart it is putting a phone by a fire, but it can't be that smart. So. Can that be how we start the podcast? I think so. That's yeah, what it sounds like. As, yeah, if they can hear us, that's the start of it. But yeah. When I walked down to watch the sunset, I walked by them sitting by the fire, and they were talking about KFC, and like, <laughs> they were like, oh, you're talking about like the KFC buffet ones? And like, it was funny, because like, a couple months ago, on one of the dive boats, I just came up from like the surface with like my group, and like, as soon as I like, came up, the captain and the mate, they were just talking about buffets and like one of them was talking about how like KFC has like certain KFCs have like buffets and like it's pretty nuts and then, so ever since then I was like craving a buffet for the longest time from KFC more of like anything like any type of buffet do you fulfill your need and desire uh, in Georgia I went to CC's buffet Mm. And it was, I felt disgusting. It was mm-hmm. totally not worth it. What? Had you been to one before? A super long time ago in Michigan. But, yeah. But then I went, when I was riding through Chatsworth, no, it was Murphy, North Carolina. They had a awesome pizza buffet that was like slash arcade. And it was super... Cool. It's a really good pizza. It was like the best pizza buffet I've ever had, like pizza quality wise. That's pretty good. But, anyways, um, we're camping in off the Blue Ridge Parkway. What exactly? Where exactly are we? We're what in um, Black Balsam next to the Shining Rock Wilderness. Oh, cool. And I am here with Jenna and Genevieve. And we're just camping. Today is the 22nd, maybe? 21st? Do you but remember? It's a, but it's a... The 21st <laughs> night of September. But yeah, it is Saturday. Saturday night? Yeah, you might have to talk louder. You have a very soft voice. She's like soft yes. and delicate. <laughs> What? You're so soft and delicate.
But yeah, so Jenna, how was your second camping experience going so far? So far, so good. My first camping experience was in Grayson Highland, where there are a bunch of wild ponies. But I discovered the next morning that I hadn't... Um, the two pieces in setting up my tent that I thought were extra and unnecessary were actually crucial and it's not uh, completely plummeting underneath a bunch of rain. We had a ton of rain that night and a lightning storm in the field where we were staying and I ended up having to crawl under a tarp and just gradually move my body so that the pool of water accumulating above it wasn't over me. So th this is much better so far. Um, but no, the company is much better and um, the night's really lovely. I felt so bad for you that night after you told me about it because you were so excited. She was so excited about our first camp. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like when I asked you about it later, you were, it was one of those bad moods where you just <laughs> didn't want to talk about it and I only got a couple of little glimpses of water, rain, puddles, and tarping instead of camping or tenting. So. Um, but yeah, I am 29. I've lived in Western North Carolina for the better part of the last 15 years. And I've hiked a bunch, but I haven't backpacked. And so I was really grateful for this opportunity because I want to do a lot more of it. And I just wanted to be exposed to it in a really safe and supportive way. Um, yeah, yeah, because next year we're going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Through so, Oregon and Washington. So we gotta, this is our <laughs> practice. Before the big, the big one. Mm -hmm. How long have you been hiking? Or camping? I've been camping my entire life, basically. Oh, that's right. You grew up there. But yeah, yeah, getting dragged to national parks. Uh, camping when all my friends were in hotels. Watching TV and playing in pools. But... I eventually, it took like 25 years, but I eventually appreciated it all. And now I'd much rather be doing this than at a hotel. Same thing happened to me with Cup of Noodle when I was a kid. Cup of Noodle at the cafeteria was the gold standard for your, the lunch that kids bought. But I had to buy my lunch, or I had to like bring them. Yeah. My mom would not buy a Cup of Noodle for us prepackaged stuff so I always came with <clears throat> like whatever my brother would cook up for me he was only like a few years older than me like rice and sausage or all these different things and I was always very embarrassed Aww. about my homemade lunch because it wasn't like an awesome cup of noodle that came out of the package <laughs> that you had to boil the water for um, until one day some of the kids on the lunch and they're like oh they're like that looks really good I was just like trying to hide it and they're like, can we trade you? And I was like, what? And they said, and this got me. They said, your mom must really love you for cooking. Aww. For cooking. They didn't know my brother did it because my mom didn't cook. <laughs> but, <laughs> must really love you for cooking your lunch. And that totally changed how I looked at, yeah. at um, you know, how we perceive other people's things and the gold standard of like hotels and pools and TV vacations sure. rather than camping. And then think about how much your parents loved you that they would give you this experience to connect with nature and just like the natural world. So did your, Genevieve, did your parents take you camping as a kid? My mother did, yes. Yeah. She would, she herself was not a camper, but when she was a kid, she would go to, they would vacation in Colorado for three months. And so she was forced to camp, so she gave us that gift too. <laughs> 
And so, but she didn't like it, so she would just throw us out of the van and like sometimes into a tent, but mostly just on the ground. And then when she when she needed to bathe us, she would put us in the creeks and stuff like that in Colorado. <laughs> and I remember one time she was washing my hair in a creek, and I was my sister and I were complaining to her that we were really cold, and she's like, "You'll be fine." And then some other hiker walked by and was like, "This is really cold water," and my mom hadn't noticed, but it was like glacial water, and we were turning blue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Your mom was really laughing for bathing you and Chris. Just wasn't much of a camper, but yeah. But yeah, we camped a lot. Sometimes in the car, but where is like the coolest place you've ever camped? Oh my gosh, so many. That's uh, um, a terrible question. Like, uh, I it's think... a very hard question. Okay, there was one place in Utah, I remember hiking through, and there was like, I remember coming through these huge rocks into this incredible, like, it was the, the center of this coliseum of rocks on the side, and it was huge though, like mm. huge, like, I wouldn't call it a valley because it wasn't so wide, but it was just tall, and you could see the night sky up, and there was rock face all around. And some people would like lift their climbing, what do you call it, those platforms, and sleep on the side of the rock. Ooh, nice. And I didn't do that, but that was where I found out like how to do that. And so that was that was one of the coolest early places. And then um, wasn't I got to be in the Swiss Alps one time, and that was really cool too. Mm. Hiking through those. Right. Yeah, it wasn't the coolest place I ever camped, but it was the funnest camping trip I've ever done. Like. It was still like early near probably like March and a group of us we all went camping. I don't even remember where somewhere on the like north east side of Michigan and I think we took like two or three cars with people and like the first night we got there like super late so we like kinda like set up camp and we all went to bed. And then they probably got down like in the 20s that night. And I was in my busy bag and I remember just like the condensation just like turned into snow when I woke up and there's a snow in my um, busy bag. And everyone else like slept in their cars because we got to like camp at like 11 o'clock at night. and. I think they like threw like three or four people in the back of like a little tiny SUV and like it was wait they were in their cars and you went out in your baby bag yeah and my other friend Joe he also went in his tent everyone else has stayed in their cars though so me and Joe were the only ones out in our tent the first night everyone else was in their car but the ones in like the SUV were like so cramped and like uncomfortable because it was so tiny and then like that day we all went for a, a hike and we didn't really know, we went to go find this chapel and we never found it, but we went on a really cool hike. But none of us brought like any water. I think one of us brought like one water bottle. Mm. And like, it's kind of like how I was saying today, how like all good hiking stories start off with, we didn't we have enough water. water. <laughs> yeah, like we ran out of water. Like we uh -huh. didn't have enough water. Oh and so like that just made it like a lot more fun, I guess. And then that night, like, we all, like, 
went in the tent. I ended up staying in the tent with like four other people because it was just like so cold and we were just like all cuddled together for like body heat and like uh-huh. I think it was like, it, like, it like got down in like the 20s again that yeah. night and yeah just camping like in the snow for like winter is just it's brutal but like mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome like I think winter camping is kind of like my favorite mm-hmm. it's so intense it's rough yeah. yeah but yeah the key is body heat like just use each other's body heat and yeah. I had a friend who would um, he wanted to keep his calorie intake up for winter camping but he liked to pack light too so he would just take one of those tubes of cookie dough because it's like 2500 calories or something <laughs> like that and he would just eat tubes of cookie dough um, so that he wouldn't lose too much body yeah. fat to try to stay warm wow. um, during the snow hiking I think that was like upstate New York or Dang, I should probably do that once it starts getting cold on my bike. Just bike around eating <laughs> tubes, tubes of cookie dough. dough. Sounds delicious. Hey, Jake. So this is your first published podcast since coming into Asheville. Yeah. Do you want to reflect at all about yeah, how your so time's re- been so far? Yeah, I recorded an episode and I released it. And I told like all the like everyone online that released the episode and then you listen to it and you're like there's three minutes of nothing and somehow the recording stopped <laughs> for three minutes part. <laughs> and that was like the three minutes I feel like I talked about the most important stuff <laughs> and so I just like took it off so if you guys have been wondering why I said there's a new episode and there hasn't been one was because there was one for about half a day but yeah I got into Asheville I went to Medieval Jenna, and then we, I don't even remember what we did the first, well, we went to the Moth uh, show, which is for, Jenna, you tell them what Moth is, because you're the one that told me about it. Well, I'll admit that when I told Drake about this, I was like, hey, do you want to come share a story? <laughs> Understatement? And he, he's like... Yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, okay, the theme is lessons. He goes, oh, I've got, I have a lot of lessons. Um, but as we approached the Moth Light, which is in Asheville where the moth is um, is held, um, there's a line of people around the entire building. And he's like, huh, I thought this was going to be like 40 people. Um, so the moth is a monthly opportunity for storytellers to come and share a story um, that is centered around a chosen theme. This month's theme was lessons. Next month's theme is spooky. And And you uh, you also didn't mention that there's judges too, (laughs) judging you on your story. (laughs) Just trying to be encouraging. So you hadn't heard the, you hadn't heard the, um, the program on NPR before then. No, she just told me they pick names and you tell a five-minute story and like. Which is also true. I'm aware of like a podcast called Mortified where you read like your old diaries in front of like big groups of people. So I was like, oh, it's gonna be like that, but like telling a story instead of reading your old diary. But yeah, so I put my name in and I got picks. So I got a like sixth. I got uh, to tell my story about moving down to Key Largo and like the lessons I learned about like going to follow your dream and being okay with realizing that 
you, the dream you thought you wanted to do, you don't want to do <laughs> at all. Really, or like it wasn't as cool or ex fun like you expected it to. And then just kind of just going off that and being okay with with not wanting to do that instead of freaking out and being like, oh, I just moved my entire life to follow this dream and I won't do it. Now what am I going to do? Were you tempted to be freaked out? No, like... It was, like, very calm, cool, and collected. Like, during the... Like, I mean, not during the storytelling, but during... Then I realized I don't want to do this. Yeah. No, the change... I was hiking up uh, Tyrona Park, up a mountain, Tyrona Park in Columbia, and I was just like, I'm not happy. Like, I was like... This isn't, like, going the way I want it to be, and I was, like, but then, like, I was climbing up a mountain, which, like, I haven't done, like, anything that physical in a long time, because it's Florida, and there's, <laughs> Diving it's flat. Physical? Well, mm, different physical. Yeah, not, not, like, unless you're going against a super strong current, but, um. So what did you think of your experience at the moth, like, before, during, and after? Uh, before it, like, it was a lot bigger than I was expecting, but I was like, oh, that's, it's whatever, like, it didn't change anything. Then, like, found out there's judges, which, like, didn't really change anything either. And then, like, when everyone was telling their stories, like, they had very, like, they had stories that were about, like, one thing or, like, a small, like, story. Mine was, like, a story throughout nine months mm. Mm. and so yeah. I was like these people are like telling like one specific story mine's like very spread out and I was like this is gonna be interesting I was like I hope like this like still counts or like isn't like weird to everyone but yeah um I was the judge described me as a eight-foot golden angel <laughs> and then on the way back when I sat down he called me beautiful, so, <laughs> so I count that as a victory. As a win. Some victory. Yeah. The, the, the other, stage lights glowing through your yeah. golden hair. The, the judges can suck it, but the host, he was amazing. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, but yeah. Not that high of scores, but I would take a eight-foot golden angel compliment over that any day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the true lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then. See what? Do they call it moth light or just moth? Well, the venue is moth light, totally okay. unrelated to the fact that the moth, the moth is hosted throughout the country. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that in Asheville, the moth is hosted at moth light. Um, and we are, I think it's something like the smallest city that gets to host those. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Maybe like one a documentary or story slam a couple of years ago, something like that. It's um, it's a really big deal in Asheville and it's a phenomenal community. So it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Maybe 200, 150 folks were there? What do you think? What do you think the capacity was of that venue? Um, I'd say definitely over 100. Like the thing that, the thing that was most surprising of the entire event was how many people were there, like somewhere like over 100 to 200 people and only 17 people put their name in wow. to actually like go up and tell a story, which like 
I found very interesting. Like, why? This is like out of like. I feel like that's like less than ten percent of people out there are actually like. Wanting to tell their story. Yeah, like going up and like taking a risk or whatever to like go up in front of people and tell a story. We're like, like next month the like the lesson or the topic is like spooky stories, which like if I went there like I wouldn't be able to tell a story just because I don't have a spooky story. But like everyone has learned a lesson in life mm -hmm. at least mm -hmm. like a million times. So like. Yeah, it was, hmm. I thought it was interesting that so many, so little people put their names in. Could anybody have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. A wow. lot of a lot of the speakers are pretty practiced, and they, and, yeah. you know, they put their name in several times, like you know, throughout months. Mm. Oh, and then the next day, skinny dip, I guess. Yeah, I went to Skinny Dip Falls. It was my first time actually being on the Blue Ridge Parkway, which I'll be riding starting Monday. But it was nice because everyone I've talked to, they're like, oh, it's crazy. All it is is mountains and, like, there's nothing on the parkway or anything. You just kind of ride. And then, like, so that was kind of, like, intimidating or not really knowing what to expect so like oh uh, you let me borrow your car and mm -hmm. I just like kind of drove around the parkway and realized that like it's not that crazy not that bad compared to what everyone was saying like there's an insane amount of hills but like the incline and stuff is not that steep mm. do you think it'll take maybe the next week we uh, we looked through the Blue Ridge Parkway website and kind of determined where you might stop. And it looks like maybe a week from now in Charlottesville, or what do you think? Um, yeah, probably like a week. I think it's like a 380 miles to the end of it, and it took 200. It took four, like three and a half days to do 200 miles. So yeah, we'll probably. Like Probably a week or a little over a week if I take my time. I'm not in any rush or anything. So yeah, planning on about a week or so. But yeah, so enough about me. <laughs> um, so yeah, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> take a, take a topic, any topic. Mm -hmm. Go for it. You're the host of both of us. Oh. Um, I guess I'll talk about my home. It's been really sweet. I don't... We'll see where this goes. Um, so I live about half a mile outside of downtown Asheville. And um, it's been really lovely, especially in the last few days, seeing what a gift my home is. I'm not somebody who really, like, connects with home. I house it a lot. I'm in and out a lot. I work a lot. And I don't know if that's avoiding the stillness and reflection or, you know, personal investment of staying at home. But anyway, um, the other day, Jake and I walked into downtown to check out the drum circle and some buskers that were downtown. And I had to head back to work another job at 8 that evening. And I stopped by the market. And it was just this really sweet moment um, getting to walk from downtown to the market. Um, 
eating a Justin's peanut butter cup, passing a friend who was work like outside the bar where she works, and um, just walking home with a paper bag in my arm, just kind of thinking about um, that simple small joy, and being able to host you and Genevieve, and um, friends who have dropped in uh, completely randomly has just been such a gift. Um, feel really lucky to have a beautiful home that I rent that I can share with folks and help them to land there a little bit. Um, I don't know where this is going. That's a nice little know. gift. Like, we could like talk about <laughs> friends. Like talk about this, like friends or like how much like friends like affects your life or because mm. like when you like drove around the country for a couple years doing whatever you did. Talking about Jenna or me. I don't know, did you, you drive around the country? Uh, Jen did more well, than both I. of you, when you guys both drove around the country separate, uh, how much do you guys, like, stay in touch with, like, your friends from back home? Did I, you guys at all? Or just kind of, like, come back a couple years later and be like, hey? Um, I think it varies for me. Um, I'm so grateful for the friendships that can kind of pick up out of nowhere. Um, this friend who came by my home today, I hadn't seen him in the last year, and it was such a gift that he could just kind of show up and we'll catch up and pick up where we were. And people say that, but I, I mean it, like there's such a gift of not having to um, stay in touch and be involved for all the little steps. I don't, I mean, I think I mean that. You know, I'm grateful for those friends that we can just um, yeah, connect yeah, at various stages. So I don't know if when traveling it was really significant or important to me to keep in touch with folks. Um, I'm sure I did, but it, I think it just kind of varies as to where it is that we are. You know, like you you get to miss somebody, and that's a kind of cool gift to get to miss somebody that you love. Um, and it's always like in a new experience, you know. I've always, I've often had a strange relationship to that idea hmm. of missing people because I remember when I was a little kid, I would hate to move because I would, wouldn't want to leave my friends and this and that. But then later on, um, I realized I didn't miss people as much because I still like considered them with me. Like mm. I didn't ever feel alone from them or mm -hmm. apart from them. Um, and so some, a lot of friends I could, you know, go a year or so and not be in touch with them. But it wasn't like we had dropped off. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is that causes that um, sense of not being apart from someone. Mm -hmm. But um, but I also learned that not everybody shares that experience because, mm -hmm. like, I lived out in Durham at one point, and I was going to move to California uh, to go to a hairstyling school out there, and um, I didn't realize it at the time. But I forgot to say goodbye to all my friends. They didn't know I was moving to California. No, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just gone, and it was like a month later, and I was getting all these Facebook uh... invitations to parties and different things. And I was like, guys, I can't make it. And they're like, what? Why? And I was like, I'm in freaking California. That's, that's really funny that you said that, because like, just like an hour or two ago, a guy from Michigan just messaged me asking if I wanted to play in a flag football league <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs> And like I was just like I've, I've, I was like I would be if I lived in Michigan still. <laughs> I guess yeah. he hasn't been keeping up with your podcast. No, no. So yeah, that's yeah, like because like when I was leaving Michigan, I was just like 
it was more like I wasn't like saying much about it. It was just like at least on social media, it was just like my close friends that like knew about it. and like to me it's just like if you're not like a someone like caring enough to like know much about my life, it's just like why is it your business knowing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, you don't need to know I'm moving away if, like, you don't even, like, try to, like, keep in contact or, like, mm-hmm. hang out it's or anything. Personal. Like, mm-hmm. why does it matter if you know if I'm move- moving or not? Like, but, yeah. So then how is that different than you doing a podcast now and sharing with anybody what you're doing? Like, what's the change from then to now, if there is one? Um, it was more just I've always wanted to do a podcast and... Um, I was just like, well, I already moved across the country to follow a dream, and now I'm going to be living on a bicycle, which is like something I've wanted to do longer than I've even been diving. So I was just like, oh, I might as well like kill three birds with one stone and make a podcast out of it too. And so yeah, and like like I've mentioned before, like. Uh, my friend Danny, he started up a podcast called What's Up With Danny, and he said that, like, I was a big inspiration to him to start up the podcast, because he said that, like, I just, like, if I want to do something, I should just go out and do it, and he always wanted to do a podcast, and he was like, well, Jake just goes out and does whatever. He's like, I'm going to just start a podcast. That's cool. And, yeah, and I feel like... I was listening to one of his episodes, it was with Cam, and they were talking about, like, touring stories and stuff, and I was riding my bike listening to it, and I was, there. just, like, made me miss touring a lot, and, like, being with people, just, like, traveling, or, yeah, just traveling around, and I was just, like, dang, like, it would've been, I was, like, dang, it'd be so much funner if I, like, had someone to ride my bike with, or, like, if I was on tour with a bunch of people, because I was just, like, you can still have a lot of cool moments with, um, just by yourself, but, like, with people, I feel like moments, like, stand out a little bit more with friends or being around with people mm-hmm. than just by yourself, and, yeah, and like, me and Jenna talked about a little bit how, like, uh, uh, Chris- Christopher McCandless, how, like, before he died... He wrote, which is, like, one of my favorite, like, quotes or whatever, is that, like, happiness isn't real unless shared, or something along the lines close to being, like, happiness is better being shared than just being alone. And, yeah, listening to that podcast was just, like, dang, like, it would be cool if I had, like, more people to share it with, and, like, it's, like, this is, like, super nice, it's, like, taking a break and like hanging out with friends going camping and stuff because like to me this is funner than just riding a bike by yourself or or just doing like a trip by yourself or like because like you're with friends and you're able to share it and like have like cool memories and like years later you'll be like oh do you remember when we did that where if you're by yourself you have no one to be like oh do you remember when that happens <laughs> and you're like yeah but no one was there except myself so if yeah. your memory's bad you lose it <laughs> yeah exactly so like do you guys ever like do you guys like to do trips alone or with people or like hmm. do traveling alone or 
Well, I was going to say something just slightly akin to that before that question is. Um, it reminded me of, so I've, I've always liked nice things and collecting a whole bunch of stuff. And um, at one point, kind of early on in my life, uh, I lost everything. I think I told you about that before. Like I lost everything. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because of the fire. Yeah. And it was kind of disorienting because um, in the weeks after that, literally nothing around me was familiar. Like mm. my shoes, my pants, my shirt, you know, when I got them. Um, when I replaced stuff, it wasn't familiar. Mm-hmm. And then I had the experience, like, two months later, I saw something that was actually familiar to me. Mm. When I went, it was the first time that I, that, that had happened in months. Yeah. Um, like, you kind of underestimate, like, being able to go to a closet and pull out that jacket, you know. Yeah. But I was at a friend's house, and on their coffee table, I recognized something. And it was such a comforting experience to, to know it. And I realized I had given them that gift as a wedding oh. gift. And it was in that moment that it kind, of, it kind of came together for me that the things that are given are the things that last. Yeah. And so... Oh, that's so interesting. It wasn't... So I the things that I had collected for myself had all literally gone up in flames. Right. But the things that you give away that you think, oh, you won't have, oh, yeah. are the only things that last. And that... In that instance, it came back as this like warm comfort. So, that was a really that stayed with me. That was a lesson, I guess. That would be your mothite story. Hmm? That would be your moth story. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit off topic, real fast. Like, I'm just curious. We'll go right back to what you're talking about. But have you guys ever gone to like a friend's house or something? And like, look at their dishes and be like, "Wow, I had like we had the same like dish set as a kid." Or is that just me? Um, so, well, this was kind of neat. I visited my sister in Vermont several years ago and realized that she still had the plates that we had had when we lived in Massachusetts. So when my parents moved down to North Carolina, we got a different set. She kept those, went to college. And I hadn't seen them since I was a kid, but I remembered how they sounded when they were stacked. And I remembered mm-hmm. a few chips, and I remembered the one that my grandmother would use to... Oh, like butter her wasa toast, you know, like, and it was the, it was always the same plate and it was such a gift to be able to see them again. And she was so generous as to, um, wrap them up and let me take them home with me on oh, my trip. Neat. So I still have a few of those in my home now. Yeah. However, the butter knives were confiscated at the Burlington International <gasps> Airport. So they let me keep my knitting needles, but not my butter knives That's from my sweet. childhood. <laughs> um, but that's been nice, and so those are in my home now, but they're in a collection with, you know, various plates and bowls that other roommates have contributed. Yeah, sorry, that was just like, a, that recently just happened to me, so now I was just like, I remember that happening like quite a bit, or like, I, like we used to have those same exact like bowls or dishes or cups or whatever, that's, uh, I don't know if that ever happened anywhere else, but it's happened to me quite a bit, so I was just curious. There's a really neat connection, I think, in getting older when you relate to others based on what was significant to you as a child. So yeah, yeah, that are yeah. like like the same toys or whatever you had as a kid, and you see like, oh, is the people I'm staying with, I was staying with in Georgia, they had some like old tractors and stuff. That was like, we I was like we used to have that same exact tractor, and that made me kind of wonder like, did we give that to them? Because like. <laughs> It was, I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure that was like the same exact thing we had, but yeah, um, 
That's what made me think of that. But yeah, that fact of... <laughs> that's significant. Back to other stuff that's not about that. Depends. You, yeah, friends. Do you want to say anything more about how you've applied or like integrated or seen that lesson of um, what give, what what's given is what lasts? I see it in my yeah, life. Like, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just, um, that was kind of like, I'm sure it wasn't the first lesson, but it was um, a trigger that started a whole lot of other um, changes and basically changes in my understandings where I had to invert everything I had learned not everything but mm -hmm. a lot of what I learned like the world will teach you stuff like you have to acquire to have mm -hmm. and that lesson was very specifically you give and then you will see I mean you, and then yes. what what's built through that giving is uh, more real or eternal than the things that can be go up in the physical things that can go up in flames and so yeah it's revisited me a lot of times in how I've had to invert a lot of understandings and a lot of lessons it, it actually led me to this um, to this moment several years ago where I realized and this is a common idea now I think but um, in that day and age of knowledge and learning that understanding is even more valuable and people get so distracted with facts and this idea of knowledge mm -hmm. that um, that's actually distracting I think a lot of times from um, receiving wisdom and understanding about things yeah. and so it was funny because all the facts and knowledge that I had acquired over years I had to sort of put aside as less valuable mm -hmm. and realize oh yeah but it didn't actually teach me much <laughs> like now sure. I had to start relearning like it's basically um, taking all the sticks and breaking apart the um, the toy and then rebuilding it a different way so, huh. yeah. Yeah. so just like a just a random question off like top of mind like what do you guys think like true happiness or like what brings you guys happiness <laughs> i thought you would ask if they had more caramels <laughs> no. I, I i ate all those so <laughs> well for me it was caramels <laughs> okay <laughs> so I, I ruined your true happiness there <laughs> how quickly it went mm. what is true happiness yeah, like, oh, what makes you? you happy or, like, what makes you, like, satisfied with life? Oh, boy. Um, I think that, I think that this will come around. I'll start talking and see if it does. Um, so, the other night before Genevieve arrived to my home, um, Jake and my roommate Audra and I were, um, talking about this single flower that she had and how lovely the smell was and how it is that she picked it up at a market um and it was just it was just wonderful and um when Genevieve arrived she had an entire bouquet of them totally totally at random and it was um it wasn't random what exactly <laughs> um and I think that those um those simple not coincidences that remind me of folks who are aligned with um, 
their spirit and their inspiration and um and that like little invisible web and that I get to be a part of that um I don't know that I would call it happiness like joy joy feels a little bit different so it, it but it that's what gives me real joy and I wish that I could think to say anything more about that but I think it's really just um the the gifts and the signs that we are shown when we are aligned or when we're being guided back to something that's purposeful and true and our heart's right course and it's it's simple things like it's not simple but um a bouquet of specific flowers or um a certain phrase or dandelions and that is a different story go ahead yeah i think mine is really akin to what you're saying it's um i would say it's innocent discovery Mm. is what makes me happy Mm -hmm. like true happiness because i mean if it's if it's not in innocent discovery and you're discovering you know the the crappy depths of life then you know it's not as happy but the innocent discovery where like i remember i was was standing in the grocery store and I saw the flowers and I was like, I need to get Jenna a bouquet of flowers. Like, it was just an innate knowledge. <laughs> and I was like, do I have the cash for this? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then I was trying to figure out which bouquet. And there was like this one that just stood out. And I was like, that's the one. Yeah. She likes Violet better. No, that's the one. <laughs> and, but to me, having the pliability to be willing to yes. listen to something like that. Yeah. Above my, well, she likes Violet better. <laughs> knowledge yes. my crap knowledge yes um leads uh, so often it always proves itself it leads to that innocent discovery and basically it was discovering that those were in your house yeah and then the joy that that brings of of making those connections that yeah were already there <laughs> yeah and i was willing or you know people are willing to often come to you um and i think a lot of that's you know being willing to be okay with not being in control of everything mm. <laughs> and being happy that you know you can discover things and be shown things rather than the shower all the time sure so yeah i like i like that i think most in life that's what i would say is oh real happiness i love that phrase of innocent discovery i love that like what's it um i don't know it's like deep it's like of an origin i don't know it's um yeah no that's really beautiful and i think that like you're you're a really good listener in that way i think that's something that i like to learn from you and what's been pounded into me and burned out of me (laughs) but sure (laughs) what about you cycling uh, this, this is like outdoors, friends, like just kind of like enjoying life. Like, mm. uh, like that's kind of like what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what what am I looking for? Like, or am like am I just out here to ride a bike for a while, and then after that, eventually figure out life. But, yeah. You keep saying that after that, figure out life. You said that yeah. I think two or three times so far. Yeah, it was just because, because like after like this bike ride, like I have no idea where I'll be living or like what I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. But like, why is there an after point? I, I guess it's that you haven't figured out. Well, the after point is like I just can't live on a bicycle. Like I need to go back to reality. 
It is reality what you're doing. Sure, it is, but eventually it's going to start snowing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to be somewhere warm. <laughs> then you'll have friends and you can But you're talking about more. I think more of like job and hmm. being like, I just can't be jobless the rest of my life. It's more like... Okay, so can we do an experiment? Yeah. So when you think of job, what does that acquire for you? What does that secure for you? Or what is that... Money. Okay, money. And what does money... Money helps you. you live. It gives and you it a gives place what? to live. Specifically. So what? shelter? Yeah, shelter and like keep up with your car so you can keep being able to go to your job to make okay. money. Like there's this song lyric. Um I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but it says, like, I wake up in the morning to go to my job, to be able to live close to my job, to something like that. I don't know. Hmm. So let me ask you, the, the people in Florida that you saw, that you are running away from, <laughs> or getting <laughs> as far away from as possible. Um, what? I just keep hearing rustling. Is it, is it a bear? Go ahead. Go ahead. So those people had ostensibly like a home and a car and shelter, but that's that's not that specifically isn't something that you're satisfies you fully. Like yeah, you saw that. Like I'd much I'd much rather live in a van than like have a house or apartment. Like is this more freeing? You're able to go explore more. You don't have to like pay rent or have like bills or whatever it's more just like you're free to do whatever because kind of like how everything i own fits in my car which like means like i can just kind of go anywhere but that eventually means like you have to go somewhere to like like that hmm? no you're you're going crazy Oh, yep, there it is. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Can you turn something on happen? I think it's like a squirrel. <laughs> it's it's way too it's it's way too small I to be. I know that it sounds small. It's, it's it's way too small to be a bear. Maybe it's something going to the bathroom. No, it sounds like a squirrel. Oh. Or a rabbit. What else could be like have fangs but be small? A fox. A, a bat. A bat. Yeah, there are bats up here. Yeah. Um, what else? Like a feral raccoon or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or a possum. Like it could yeah. be something more lethal. But we have a bear box. A snake. So something really lethal. Probably a cobra. Yeah. Oh yeah. What well, what were you saying? Okay, so you're saying winter comes, you need a house, car. Um, job, etc. A car means to you, house, job, etc. Yeah. And then you're saying, but when you don't like the the idea of that in Florida, when you saw it, then then you say, I'd be okay with and happy with the freedom of a van and this and that. So, if you seem to want the house and reliable car and all that, what is it that you don't? It's, what is not worth giving up for you to have that? Because you're say, I think the idea is that the people in Florida don't have something that you want. 
I think it's just like just like happiness enjoying life and not just having to like live on a paycheck to paycheck which I don't have to do but it's uh yeah just I don't know but yeah I don't know it's just I I don't know, eventually just, yeah, I guess you can, like, a guy told me that, a guy at the bike shop here, Ashley, told me that he met a guy who's ridden across the country about ten times, or he asked him where he lives, and he's like, I live on my bike, and he's like, how did you, he's like, how, do, what do you mean, or what do you do that, and he's like, well, I just ride to one end of the country, and then once I get there, just start riding back, mm -hmm. and he's done that, like, ten times, and he just, he has, like, some kind of, like, benefit or welfare or something where, like, he gets, like, checks or whatever where he always well, says it's cheaper to, like, travel and stuff. So he just rides back and forth through the country, and it's cheaper living that way. You mm -hmm. spend less money, and he gets, like, little, like, some kind of payments every month or so to, like, be able to make some kind of money, but it's more like if you have a simple enough life, like you can get by with though having like a part time job or whatever. Yeah, and I guess a friend of mine talks about my career. Well, I'm thinking um, like that, which in our life helps us to grow and helps us to contribute. And that being a kind of like a highest standard and not standard, but um, what it is to strive for. And so it's curious of like, oh, I don't always embrace the things that help me to grow. I'm stubborn and scared. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, acknowledging what contributions we're, I don't know, we can make and what gifts we have. Just in relation to what you were saying about job and work and all the rest. Yeah. Do you know what your contribution is or gift? Um. Okay. I don't like a lot. A lot of people tell me or whatever that like I'm inspiring. They like tell me that like I inspire them to go do something or like. Doesn't have to be anything crazy, like, oh, I'm gonna go, like, do this crazy trip or giant hike or something. It's more just like, oh, you, you inspired me to start a podcast or, like, just go out to a show or go out to eat by yourself and be okay with it yeah. and not mm -hmm. having to feel like you need to have someone, a friend or someone with you to make you feel comfortable or, like, more comfortable going to places where you don't know anybody. Something like that. More just, if you want to do it, just go on and do it. If you don't have mm -hmm. anyone to do it, it's just, you, you want to do it, so you just go on and do it. So that's what folks have told you, too, right? Yeah, like... Feel deeply, like, what your contribution is, or, like, when uh, you feel most enriched in giving in the lives of others? I, yeah. I don't know, it's a weird question, because I don't be like, oh, yeah, everyone, like... I, like, don't, like, 
usually like boast or speak highly of myself or be like, oh yeah, these people think I'm awesome. This is like what makes me happy. It's more about it's just like from what I've seen that like just like people say like, oh, you're an inspiring person or you just kind of go out and do whatever you want to do. I wish I could do that or like you help me be able to do that a little bit more. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, the person who inspired me the most is just kind of, like, go out and do something crazy with my life, follow something I want to do. Like, she was, a, like, very big inspiration and went out and followed her dreams and stuff. And I was just like, if she did that, like, I want to go do that. And, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what got me to do what I'm doing right now so like I don't know if I could like be that person to someone <laughs> if I could just like be that inspiration somewhere being like oh he's doing what he wants to do or he's doing something crazy I want to go follow my dream hmm. yeah like I, I just like to like be outdoors camp and like be out in nature like I'd much rather do that or, like, go for a bike ride than, like, go to a bar and hang out with everyone that's, like, hanging out. Like, to me, it's not that much fun. Like, I'd rather be doing something physical or, like, being out in nature than just going to, like, a movie or something like that. Like, to me, like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do outside and, like, going to a movie, spending money on a movie where you sit in a dark room for three hours and not talk to anyone. Like, to me, like, I'd rather be out meeting people or, like, getting to know my friends more, hanging out with my friends, appreciating their time than just going to a movie or sitting in a super loud bar and not being able to hear anything or have a normal conversation. Um, yeah, more of, like, kind of, like, a more, like, one-on-one person or, like, like one-on-one person or like smaller group type of person where I'm more comfortable in that or like bigger groups I'm just more just kind of like quiet and to myself unless you're at the mall yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny I was um so being in a kind of larger town Austin um I've noticed that a lot of the places, if you if you were to go out, even during the day, a lot of the places play really loud music. Um, anyway, it's part of the marketing, like get you in and out of a place, coffee yeah. shop, you know, any sort of grocery store or other, any other sort of store. Um, definitely bars. and. Uh, it, so I've been looking for a quiet place, like any quiet place. And I find that I often now sit at parks, whereas I never used to do that before, just in a city. But I'll go find like either a library or a park. Um, but I was at the YMCA one day, and I just happened to start talking to some older lady, and she was commenting on the music. And I asked her, I was like, "Why do you think they?" I had my own idea, but I asked her why she thought that places played that loud music because she would ask them to turn it down. And she said, "You know, I think the young people are starting to go deaf. They go to too many concerts, <laughs> and they can't actually can't hear anymore. So the music has to be louder so that they can hear anything." And I, that had never occurred to me, but 
I shared my idea with her, which is, you know, it's pretty simple. I just thought people want loud music so they don't have to think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's kind of like, for me, that's, you keep talking about the outdoors and, you know, active and all that. But it's not, for me, it's not just a physical active. It's like a mental active, too. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it allows all this quiet out here. It lets my mind open up in ways that it gets shut down when there's so much noise. You know, it's a different kind of exploration. I mean, I guess it does both physical and the mental, but I like it. Yeah, cool. So do you guys want to keep going? Because this app, that 60 minutes, it cuts off, but I can <laughs> start a new segment and go a little bit longer. You guys oh, or where do you go? Oh, you found it? <laughs> I feel much better now. Whoa. Where? It's just like a rodent. Maybe not a rat. <laughs> Where? You want a ring? No. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, we found the source of the mysterious noise. It was a rat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, we're safe. In case anyone <laughs> was afraid. <laughs> the podcast suddenly ended. <laughs> Did it run across your lap or something when you jumped up last time, or was it just the noise? Just the noise. I'd like to remind our listeners that this was my second time camping. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you're doing great. You're v- very impressive. I'm really glad to not be alone right now. I was already tempted to like go hide in the tent. Away from the rat. <laughs> I had visions of, you know, like a, I don't even know what gives the feeling, but you were being attacked in the in, in the, the vision in the fear vision. Thanks, friend. What were what you doing, we do? hiding in the tent? <laughs> while I was attacked. Uh, um, the second and only time camping with Jennifer. <laughs> uh, mm. Mm, it's ten o'clock. I wouldn't mind stargazing and then yeah. turning on. You know, that feels yeah, good to me. Cool. Been making creepy noises in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So. Uh. Well, yeah. We got like three minutes left. So, any last words? Mm. Any words of advice to anyone listening to go follow their <laughs> dreams or go enjoy life? Mm. first have a sober heart and then listen to it that's good yeah that's a good one um yeah I know I was just to say that somewhere where you can be quiet and listen and ask your uh your heart and your gut and your body what it is that they're trying to tell you um and that takes practice and quiet spaces um, I'm still learning to do that, but I'm just so touched by the folks who follow that in my life. Because I think it just leads you to those really, um, beautiful, non-coincidental, um, you know, greatest contributions of what it is that we can do with hands and hearts and bodies. Nice. 
cool. Very. If there's something you think you can't do, do it, and then do it for longer. (laughs) 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 Do you want to keep that? I'm sorry, Jen. (laughs) No. It's lost forever. Yeah, just just rewind. (laughs) (laughs) And then do it for longer than you think you can do it. Yeah, go out and make yourself uncomfortable. It's a great feeling. Go if you want to go see a band, go see a band, even if you don't have any friends to go with. But yeah, just go out. Do what you've always wanted to do or do something that will put you out of your comfort zone. It will feel great and it'll be terrifying. And after you do it, it'll feel even better. It might feel awful. Thanks for the campfire talk. Yeah. <laughs> and the campfire. But yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, we, yeah, we are going to go look at stars and tell ghost stories. So yeah, thanks for having you guys. Jake, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Cool. So, until next time, remember, life is your oyster and go out and stunt it.